Hi, I'm Jim Wallace. I was raised in this church that my parents helped to start. We were the first family of the church. I began to realize something very big was very wrong in my city and my country about race, why we live the way we did in white Detroit and why things seem so different in black Detroit. I really ran into arguments and confrontation with my little church, and eventually I felt really pushed out by the church. There was one night, I remember especially, I was talking to an elder in the church, and uh, he knew I had been going into the city and to meet young guys my age who were black and I was white. Uh, he knew I was changing my mind about a lot of things. He knew I was kind of hanging out in black churches. <laughs> and he said to me, Jim, you have to understand. Son, you have to understand that Christianity has nothing to do with racism. That's political, and our faith is personal. That's the moment I left in my head and my heart as a teenager. And before long, I was in college at Michigan State, part of the civil rights movement, the anti-war movement. This is like late 60s now. Uh, 1966, I went to college. We could put 10,000 students in the street in about two hours' time. We were part of this movement that was almost every night on Walter Cronkite and, and the news. We felt like we were on the edge of changing the world. We were trying to change the world. But I didn't have an adequate foundation for my activism. Of course, back then, we were all reading Karl Marx, Ho Chi Minh, Che Guevara. I was doing all that, too. But I wasn't satisfied with what I was reading and seeing and hearing from them. And I began to go back to the Bible, probably because I was raised with it, give it one last chance, one more shot, Jesus or Marx, you know, what was going to be my choice. And I began to read the Gospels, the New Testament, and the book of Matthew is where I started. And I found this Sermon on the Mount. I thought, why haven't I ever heard that sermon preached in the church I grew up in? Never once. So here he is on, on a hill outside Capernaum with the Sea of Galilee around. Now, I've been there since. Capernaum is a little tiny town. There's almost nothing there. And the sea is beautiful. And there couldn't have been many people there. It's not that big. And he gave what was the most important sermon, I think, ever given. It's about this new order he's trying to bring, this kingdom of God. All of our values are turned upside down. He says, blessed are the poor. And blessed there means happy. Uh, blessed are the meek, the humble. Blessed are those who are hungry for justice. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called the children of God. So I was amazed by this. And I kept going to Matthew. Then I got to Matthew, the 25th chapter. Now, the story here, he's the son of God sitting in judgment. And they're sheep and goats, as they put it. But all the people there think they are his disciples. They belong to him. And he says to them words that changed my life. He says, I was hungry. I was thirsty. I was a stranger. I was sick. I was in prison. And you never came to me. You didn't show up for me. And, and they said, when do we see you, Lord? Hungry, thirsty, naked, sick, an immigrant in prison. When do we see you? And he says, as you've done to the least of these who are my family, you've done to me. Now, here is the Son of God sitting in judgment on those who would name his name. But Jesus doesn't do a lot of judgment. But he does here. And it's not about doctrine. It's not about 
uh, sex. <laughs> it's not about the things the church is always too much concerned about. It's about how we treat the most vulnerable, the marginal, those left out and left behind. That's how he'll know if we care about him. He's saying, I'll know how much you love me by how you treat them. It's real simple. It turns our values upside down. It wants to change everything personally, uh, spiritually, uh, economically, politically. Uh, that, that guy, that elder was wrong. It's meant to change everything. And I didn't have words for him back then, but I finally was fi- finding them. Uh, the, the God is personal, but never private. God is personal, but never private. And so our faith has to be public. And I began to understand that in this sermon. And then I got to Matthew 25, which became my conversion passage. Now, here is the Son of God sitting in judgment. Now, Jesus is not big into judgment. The churches are, but Jesus isn't. But in this text, he is. And he says to this crowd, the sheep and the goats, he called them, who all thought they were his followers. They all wanted to be his followers. And he said these words that changed my life and do today as I'm saying them again. I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty. You gave me nothing to drink. I was naked, and you didn't clothe me. I was a stranger, it means immigrant. You didn't welcome me. I was sick, you never came to see me. And I was in prison, and you just weren't there. And the people were astonished. They said, Lord, when do we see you hungry and thirsty and naked and uh, a stranger and, and sick and in prison? We didn't know it was you, is what they were kind of saying. And he says, as you've done to the least of these, that's who he called all these people, the least of these you've done to me. And what he was saying, I, f- I just read it for the first time. I said, he's saying, I'll know how much you love me by how you treat them. And I thought that was just an amazing thing. I never read anything that radical in Karl Marx, Ho Chi Minh, Che Guevara. I'll know how much you love me by how you treat them. I thought, this is how I want to live my life. What he's saying there, of course God loves everyone. True. But he's saying, these are the ones you always forget. They're left out. They're left behind. They're the marginal ones. They're the vulnerable ones. And the scriptures really do say that the integrity of a society is finally determined by how we treat the most vulnerable. It's not our gross national product. It's not our military firepower. It's not how our culture is envied around the world. It's how we treat the most vulnerable is the test of a society. And even it says that about rulers and princes and kings. They're going to be held accountable to how they treat the poorest. So this text was transformational to me. And I signed up to be a follower of Jesus. I decided at that point to go to seminary uh, and dig deeper in, into this stuff. And I remember that I would go out and speak as our group began to form and Sojourners started. And I remember I was speaking at the University of Texas. And this kid who had been at Michigan State was there. And he heard me speak. And he come up and said, What the hell? <laughs> what are you doing? You sound like you're a Christian. I says, I am. Let's go for a walk. (laughs) So a lot of my old um, uh, 
buddies and pals, as I moved into what became Sojourners, they thought, this is amazing. You know, Jim Wallace, our activist leader, has become a Christian. (laughs) And uh, I remember when I went back to Michigan State to speak once uh, on a book tour, they pulled out all the stops and they interviewed me in the school paper. And and they had people around still who remember uh, what I was doing back then. And they said, oh, yeah, we remember Jim. He organized and mobilized and 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 then he became a Christian. It, it made us all think. You know? So I'm back to the elder who told me uh, faith is just private, and I've been fighting my whole life against the idea that faith is private. How do you take faith public? How do you take personal faith, which is personal? It is personal. How do you make it public? So all I do, all I've done ever since, is try to figure out how to make faith public in relationship to things like racism, immigration reform, war and peace, um, women and girls, empowering women and girls. And that text, Matthew 25, converts me time and time and time again. I just apply it to whatever I'm trying to figure out. How do we get to those who are most left out and left behind? My mother used to tell me uh, two things. One is, if there's a kid that nobody's playing with on the playground, you play with that kid. And if I see a playground where a kid's being left out and you're there, you're in trouble. She told me that. And, and if there's a bully on the playground beating up on kids, you be the one to stand up to him. My mom told me those two things. <laughs> they all have always stayed with me. She never applied them politically, but those were her values, right? So this is that text, you know. It's like, it's like the people that we normally walk away from or walk around or just don't want to think about. Jesus is saying, pay attention to them, because how you treat them is how you treat me. That's how I see it. Now, does God love everybody? Of course. But he's saying here, these are the people you normally forget about. So I'm not going to let you do that. Pay attention. So for me, this text brought me back to Christ, and it's been converting me ever since. I'm Jim Wallace. Thanks for listening, and God bless you.